This program is brought to you by A to B Media Partners. Be sure to listen to the After Two Beers podcast on Apple iTunes, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Also, be sure to visit www.aftertwobeers.com. Hello, After Two Beers fans. Dutch Dalton joined now by Ben Cannon. Ben, you were uh, a big supporter of us, a big help in getting us the, the amazing talent we had at the Great Pumpkin Bash, and we appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, no, thank you for, uh, thanks for having me. So, you work, uh, do you own SparkJoy Music? Yeah, I own SparkJoy Music, um, and uh, then I have a small team of interns, uh, which tends to uh, rotate uh, through the semesters of their school season, or through their school, um, but uh, basically it's um, me and my group of interns that I work with every year. So. so tell me how you got started with a booking agency. I'd like for it to be more in the vein of music education, but we're more of a booking agency now. Then there's the educational piece with interns on, uh, you know, working with them to help artists organize, plan, um, merchandise, brand themselves. And the goal, the future focus and the old, and the goal always is to basically empower artists to, um, take their gifts, take the music, take everything they do, um, but also be able to apply it to other areas such as business and stuff because a lot of the music industry, there is the business factor. Um, so we want to help them try to understand that, help them find ways to uh, make that work for them. And, you know, they can keep themselves out on the road and doing what they love, setting goals, you know, reviewing those goals every three to six months um, and making sure that there's progress and that they, you know, still enjoy what they do. So you mentioned that you guys are a booking agency, but you also do the education. What does the yep. education part entail? Uh, education part entails everything from my favorite, which is like the whiteboard sessions. Uh, we ask every artist that we get an opportunity to work with to supply us with five goals. Um, and we put those goals up on, you know, the whiteboard and we go over them. We talk about, you know, can we move towards this? Are we, are you guys ready for this? Uh, we talk about what it takes to achieve those goals. Um, and these goals are something obviously I want to be attainable within a year, a six months to a year. Um, and then that way, you know, they're always kind of, you know, progressing, moving forward, setting foundation for themselves. Um, the educational piece also works with interns. Uh, we get job shadowers and college kids that come in that get to learn uh, marketing techniques. They get to work with us on everything from organizational to uh, booking, actually doing the research and working with us in the venues, um, supplying the artists with a Google Doc or any other um, information and uh, education tools that they would need while they're on the road. Um, so that everything has its place and its purpose, allowing them to really focus on what they want to do, which is play shows, you know, and uh, do interviews, if you will. Um, so we try to be a helping hand. But as we do that, uh, I want to educate my staff, and then they can help educate the artists. And again, the goal is to empower them um, by teaching them what tools are out there for them to use, um, ways that they can learn how to book for themselves, things like that. Our goal is to work with as many artists as we possibly can within reason. And, um, you know, when artists get to a point where they're achieving goals, maybe they want, you know, they want to move forward, they want to start booking for themselves. We hope that we had a small piece in helping them establish that foundation. Yeah, that's very cool. So how many bands have you, or not necessarily bands, I guess, but how many bands <laughs> or performers have you worked with 
Um, um, how, well, let me before I, we get there. How long has SparkJoy been around? Uh, SparkJoy started as another, um, a, a smaller, more local type um, focus, which was Shine Indie for quite a few years. Um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Shine Indie wasn't something that I could sustain over time uh, without, you know, like working a full job and then doing that part time, especially with kids and trying to be a part of a family. So um, Serenity was something that I was lucky enough to get off the ground um, with the help of friends and community and be able to work with artists, create showcases, um, lucky enough to work with uh, amazing individuals like Jamie Jackson who, and uh, Ryan Gibbons and a few others who um, were able to help me and help the artists um you know, get themselves on the bigger stages, you know, get their music to more, pe- to more people, um, you know, partnering up with people like Indian tune radio. Um, we saw the growth of like, um, a lot of other local, like, uh, podcasters, uh, photographers, all this stuff. I'm not saying that's because of us, but, um, I'm saying that like, as we grew with the community, we start to get to meet all these amazing other people and we did what we could to incorporate them into anything that we were doing if they were available. Um, and that was kind of the, the beginning process. Um, our joy then would have been, uh, t- winter of 2015. Um, when I decided to, uh, refocus, try to do some different, um, different areas in the music industry and try to make something that I could establish so that I could just do what I wanted to do full time instead of having to work at, you know, a consulting or a marketing job on the side. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, we got into the beginning of spark joy. I, I really wanted to do a label side of things. Unfortunately, um, it just wasn't something that I could maintain and continue to do it. Like there's just so many factors to what a traditional label does for artists. And then even though I would say my heart was in the right place, it just wasn't something that I could find a way to delegate everything. So um, we really whittled our focus down after last year and really focused on the booking uh, side of things and trying to educate ourselves so that we could move that along to artists that were uh, also trying to understand how that works, how that can be effective, and how they can start playing shows, not just in their city, but obviously in other cities and other states. Um, So... Been a journey. <laughs> but it's been it's been it's been a fun journey. Um, you know, with every failure, I try to review that and figure out how we could be better and what we learned from it. Each year, I look at things that we did well and things we didn't do well, and I try to whittle away and continue the niche focus on what we can do to help. You know, again, as many artists as feasible as possible, and um, I find that a lot of that is. Being that large local artists are so good uh, now at booking themselves, and um, you see a lot of them um, being in you know um, in a position where um, they 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 can play shows locally. They can you know they've got these really cool venues at, at Fountain Square that they're a part of, and um, you see a lot of talent buyers and stuff working with locals directly we see locals and we see out of state artists that are local to their communities having trouble just getting out of their cities um, or not knowing their best approach. That's where we try to come in. You know, we want to help them understand ways that they can't do that. Um, So we kind of are working more in the general vicinity of creating short runs, which could be for me, I guess the way I label it is anything from like a seven to 10 day tour 
uh, we look at three months, which can be warrior weekends. It can be a couple short run tours. Um, we've got a couple bands that just like to tour constantly <laughs> when they're not in the, when they're not in the studio. Um, and then there's, of course, um, we do up to six months before we do a review and the review is, um, it's more important, uh, I think on a personal level, um, for me, and it's more important for the artist too, on a, I think a business level that we take the time to look at what goals we set out, um, hold ourselves accountable and hold them accountable too, and see where we're at and how we did. And, you know, can we continue to move forward? Can we continue to help each other? And, um, you know, and uh, I think that's the best way to approach it. So, How many different artists do you work with at one time? And how many have you worked with since you founded SparkJoy Music? Um, that's a really hard number for me to put on, to be honest with you, because even when I started the the growth from Shine to SparkJoy, like, we still did a lot of local shows, um, including when I was lucky enough to work with Fountain Square Brewery and do a couple stages, book shows every every week there from touring artists to local artists. Um, as we got into more actually focusing on like actual tours out of the, uh, just out of the city. Um, you know, we've had stuff from where we have a couple artists that do some short runs. We've been able to knock those tours out. Um, some of that comes down to variables like what time of year were they going? You know, what was their, uh, what route did we decide on that we settle on that was best for them? Um, you know, were they doing solo, full band, things like that. And sometimes those things come together really quickly. Um, especially if they're seasoned artists and they've been out there before, uh, with newer artists, tends to take a little longer sometimes. Um, uh, but it's a numbers game in some aspects. So we just plug away at it. And, um, we've been very lucky to see that, uh, um, even in the slow process, we, we do see the, a, a nice outcome down the road and we start to see, you know, gain legs. And, um, once we get there, hopefully their brand out there and their name out there and start working with other acts of similar styles and venues. They want to get them opportunities. Um, so there's, you know, quite a few artists, um, from month to month to, you know, throughout the entire year. Um, you know, I know that we've, uh, we've been lucky to have anywhere from six artists we're working with at a time to 10. And when I was 10, it was, you know, a lot of short runs. So we try not to, we try really hard not to bite off too much. Um, you know, we want to keep it in check so that we can work with each artist individually and give them the attention that they need and want and get focused on those goals. Um, but at the same time, we've been able to grow an internship fan base or sorry, workforce that's allowed us to periodically take on a few other projects. Um, but, um, yeah, it's hard for me to give you a fun number on that. To be honest. <laughs> it's been quite a bit, and I'm okay with that, with that response. Actually. Hey, no so, worries. Good Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is, you mentioned that when you bring on a new act or you start working with a new um, artist, that you do uh-huh. the whiteboard sessions. If, yeah. you, if you had to go back to where you started and you said, five years from now, I want to be here. If, right. If, do you feel like you're where you want to be? And and if not, where do you want to be? Where do you want to take SparkJoy Music? Um, if I step back, I think I think one of the biggest things that um, that I can add to this is that you know it's it's definitely not been easy. It's been a lot of trial and error. It's not an industry that has uh, a how to do or best practices always. You know, there's a lot of I think different opinions and just different market research and just different experiences, um, you know, down to everything from booking tours that 
it might be promoted properly in great venues and great lineups that are affected by weather or, you know, <laughs> causes or a band has to fall off and to get sick, you know, just things happen. Um, a lot of that, that's one thing I didn't know going into it that I kind of wish I had a little more understanding. I had done my due diligence and studying that a little bit more is, you know, how many variables do come into this. And, um, you know, setting that ground early with artists saying like, listen, you know, we'll do everything we can, but we can't guarantee, <laughs> you know, ultimate success, the goal is to work together. And I think that's the thing that, um, I wish I had kind of started in the beginning with was, um, putting a little more time with myself into figuring out the best ways to pull all these little tools together that I've learned over the years. Um, you know, just so it hadn't taken maybe as long, but where I am now, yes, I'm very, um, I'm very pleased with it. There's definitely still growth and there's definitely, I can already tell you at the end of this year, there's things that I know that I want to, uh, uh, change up or focus a little bit, but I think the general path where we're going with working with young fresh minds via the interns that bring a really fun energy to this. They bring passion um, to DIY artists that are wanting to get out there and share their passion. Um, that's created a nice sense of community. So I really want to continue to hone that if I can um, and empower them to, um, uh, you know, uh, to understand how special like something this can be or something like this can be. So um so, you know, that's, that's stuff that I want to find even better tools and more organizational things that I can do to continue to this path that we've already uh, gained some ground on this year. Um, and, you know, um, I think the goal setting was something I wish I would have started early on, too. <laughs> um, I really like it now. Um, again, I like that everyone's holding everyone accountable. Um, I find that opens up a lot of better communication and understanding. Um, and, you know, artists go into it. Uh, with this, this uh, I think this comfort that they know that we're we're checking in with them while they're on the road um, every day as long as much as we can. We follow up with every venue. Um, I always get the two day rule. We need to follow up the morning after, or at least within two days. Um, that way we can check in with the venue and show them that we do care. This is more to us and that artist than it is for them just to host us and you know get that artist paid. Um, we want them to know that we appreciate the opportunity that we. We appreciate them taking the opportunity, you know, the chance to host that event, whether they like the artist or not. Um, personally, we want them to know that, you know, we very much appreciate it. We want to continue that relationship. So we find checking in with everybody has been a very good growth point. Um, and so, you know, we're very proud of that. And it's just stuff that I wish I would have started yeah. definitely earlier, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I mean, I'm not going to sit around and beat myself up. But, you know, <laughs> So we've gotten to a good place, and I think that this is uh, exciting because I do think the future has a lot of possibilities. So. so you're based out of Indianapolis, but how far do you reach out into the Midwest or, or the country to book bands or, or get them yeah. on, on gigs? Yeah, um, we've been really lucky. Um, you know, not every tour is always a home run, but every tour is definitely a learning opportunity and a definitely a new opportunity to meet new venues or you know, talent buyers or owners, whatever the opportunity brings um we've done everything all the way up to california up and down the coast into seattle uh, we've done two route 66 tours with different artists uh we have another one that's forming we actually have two i'm sorry uh, forming for early uh 2019 and late spring um we definitely the midwest for sure uh down through the east coast we've uh, been lucky enough to um, make some really good friends 
and uh, meet some um, really cool communities and uh, been able to start working on um, putting together some great uh, showcases um, with solo artists and, you know, um, smaller groups. Uh, we got a few band things going on for next year, too. Uh, last year, we were able to um, do our first UK tour, and um, it was uh, definitely a learning experience. And uh, we've uh, been able to take that, what we've learned, and uh, prep for what will be our second one, which is being announced on Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, on Indian style um, with our good friend Cole Woodruff myself and a few others will be going over to Scotland and doing a tour with him through Scotland down into the UK um, next year uh, in January so uh, you know it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, I think that if we can connect with the right people we can do the research and um, we can get the opportunities I think that anything's possible and, um, you know, we really like to do some stuff in Canada, which we're working on currently. And we've been able to start working on putting a group of promoters together from different areas. A lot of that attests to collecting the knowledge and creating um, good workbooks, if you will, good spreadsheets that break things down by state. Um, so we know who, who we're contacting. Uh, we have venues broken down by the cities. Um, to the promoters, to the you know festivals, and it's a uh, something that's been in the process for a long time as we collect knowledge and certain venues close and promoters go away and you won't show up. But um, you know it's it's a nice thing that we have and it's great that we always have an intern that helps us kind of upkeep that. Um, so that tool, that book, um, something that um, we love sharing with the artists we get to work with um, because for us it's you know we don't we want that knowledge you know, to go with the artists you know whether they stay with us or move on and continue to do their own thing. The point is, is to, you know, share this and help them continue to move forward. So, um, you know, I, I think anything's possible, <laughs> but then reason, um, we've definitely learned a lot about teaching artists about, uh, gas pricing tolls, you know, figuring out proper lodging, but we've found really cool communities, uh, good examples. One in um, New Mexico that offers for touring artists food, uh, you you sign up and tell them what night the your artist is going to be in town, where they're playing. Um, they usually send over some certificates. We pour those on the artists, and they also promote where the artist is performing via their networks, and that they're supporting them with feeding them and things like that. So um, that's been the coolest part is as we collect this knowledge and we build this database, is that we're learning a lot. Um, of what's out there that I didn't know before. I mean, it seems that, you know, as I talk to people about it, not a lot of people know it's out there anyway. So I'd like to pull as much of that as possible and continue to share that to help people. So, How much of what you do is setting up the shows, but how much of it is, is marketing? <laughs> um, you know, a lot of it is working with the venues and setting up the shows. Um, the marketing side is something that I've continued to try to tweak. There's a lot of opinions on how to properly market, and I, and I do agree with a lot of them. I've learned to work with what I can control um, and what I can do with up-and-coming DIY artists. And um, So one of the things, you know, we spend a lot of time as we work with venues, letting the artists know what shows are being offered, working with them, um, you know, um, that, that's a good portion of our time when we get everything agreed on and we decide on an offer and we get, you know, we get the show locked in. Um, then we start focusing on creating, uh, tour posters, you know, trailers. Um, I like to do trailers for each venue. 
Um, that way, each trailer can be specific to that venue and to the artists that are performing if there are others on the lineup. Um, we find that that's good content that, one, the venue gets excited about because they can share it on their media and it's specific to that date. It also includes the lineup that, and those artists are excited because they have new content that they can share um, to promote the show as well. It tends to get them motivated, you know, if you will, um, create some goodwill because they see this touring act that is putting in this effort and um, we're doing it because it's the right thing to do, you know? And um, so as we, we share those videos, we send out those posters to each venue ahead of time. And then we do what we can on our individual media, not be a spark joy, but just be the artist. We try to teach them how to good ways to tag and, you know, promote as much as possible um, through um, different um, marketing concepts and stuff. But, um, you know, that's, that's stuff's fun for us. Like, I think that's one of the things I like about it um, with the artists we've worked with this year, especially as they get excited about that stuff. That's when they get to use their creativity to create, you know, what type of video they want to do or, you know, putting the poster together and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, that's just worked really well. And, um, I'd say it's definitely a lot more of the business side where it's getting the right shows or finding the right artists, which can also, you know, be very tasking. Um, but also finding artists that, uh, that our artists want to work with, you know, people that they really like that they can get excited about. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that. I think it's, uh, it's definitely probably like a 70, 30 sport. Well, that was actually going to be my next question, which is, yeah, how do you find new artists? Do you actively seek out new artists, or do they actively no. seek you out? No, I um, I, I'm lucky enough um, to have artists that want to work with me, um, and I don't. I really try not to. You know, I'm very, very appreciative of that. So, um, you know, I, that's why we put so much into this um, and try to invest in the artists as much as they invest into us and that's something that i've learned over the years that um something that is very very important to the success of what we do so um we're lucky we get a lot of artists that reach out to us i would honestly probably stop doing spark joy if i had to get to a point where i was asking artists to come work with us or I was relying on promoting like, Hey, we're available for booking tours. Come get us. Like <laughs> that's not the point of it. And I don't want it to be the point of it. Um, I, I think I approached branding the wrong way in the beginning. I was pr trying to promote as many shows as possible and realized that the algorithms just don't really work in my favor and wasn't really doing the artists a lot of favors. So I reversed my, my efforts and my energy into helping the artists work their media better and learning things like how to create, you know, video trailers and you know, putting together posters and things like that with, uh, you know, bringing in other freelance artists and stuff to help on, um, I think putting the energies in that and teaching um, things like, you know, if you're going to a new city that you haven't played before, you know, instead of worrying on what's outside the four walls, maybe worry more about, not worry, but maybe focus more on what's inside the four walls. You, you know, uh, going to a new city is tough to draw on a crowd. So if you're going to get an opportunity, I would hyper-focus on the artist you're performing with in the venue and making them fans first and foremost, you know, working with them and how can I help get into your, you know, how can I help your network know about this event? What can we do? So that's why we offer like trailers and posters, and, you know, things like that. Why I teach like, you know, promote those artists' music videos, their links, tag them, tag the venue, you know, really, really show the effort that you're excited to be a part of this because I find more often than not that if you go and you play that show and let's just say it was a lineup of three bands 
and only 60 people showed up in a room that maybe sells, you know, 200. I find that the venues are appreciative. The next day when we reach out to them, they say, you know what? Well, you know, the numbers maybe weren't there. Maybe the finances weren't 100% there, but you guys tried really hard. Everyone had a good time. We love the hustle. Let's do something else. And that's kind of that goodwill that I really want to continue to, um, you know, push as much as possible. So, um, I think that, uh, I think that's what becomes word of mouth and artists want to work with people like that because we're not approaching it like everyone else. We're not looking at the bells and the whistles or the buying Facebook ads and stuff anymore. We're looking at what we can control, like I mentioned earlier and using that to the best of our ability. And, um, that's kind of where those whiteboard sessions come in, throwing stuff up there and saying, okay, here's the idea. This is the tour. This is the route we may, we may come back to this, but let's look at every other fucking possible angle that we can. And so, you know, we go and, you know, we literally dice things apart. We look at holidays that are coming up. Is this a city that has big sporting events? Cause if it is, chances are we're not going to get a solid gig on a Sunday. If everyone's a, you know, you're in Pittsburgh and it's Steelers football at home, you know? So we look at that stuff cause we have to. Um, but it's also fun because, it lets us really put a lot of stuff in perspective and pull in analytics that I think, you know, sometimes things are what they are, but I think that if we can use those tools to make best guess, guesses um, and do everything we can to offer the best opportunity for up-and-coming artists, um, you know, I think that um, that creates just this better sense of experience and reaching those goals and understanding that life happens, but it's, you know, we're all in this together and you know, we're working hard with them. So artists, artists like that, you know, and that's exciting for me that that's become something that we're getting known for. And, um, you know, that's really what the focus should stay at, you know, and not biting off too much and really making it about people hopefully spreading, you know, word of mouth that they had a good experience or they continue to have a good experience. That's where a lot of artists have come from. So, Well, I can definitely speak from personal experience. The, the group that you had, come to the pumpkin bash uh-huh. every band was was phenomenal they were they were really nice they were very engaging with the individuals you know we kind of hung out in the bar before and afterwards yeah. a little bit and yeah. they were super super friendly so from that perspective you're exactly right um you guys do a great job and and it helped with the promotion from the bands themselves so if that's something you're right. teaching you're doing a hell of a job no i yeah I mean, that's a huge testament to the bands and knowing that, uh, you know, they take it seriously and they do it. And I saw them definitely trying and asking for content and stuff so they could help, you know, trying to make your first year successful. So it was, it was good to see them, you know, and be passionate about that. And I, those, especially those bands in particular and working with them, um, they do that with all the shows that we've helped them with. So, um, you know, thank you, but you know, that's, that's really more to them. Nah, <laughs> they were, they so. were great guys. I, uh, it was, a, it was a fun show for us. It was an opportunity for us to really get out and show something different to East central Indiana. And it, it was a credit to them that helped make it such a success for us. So, um, yeah, they were phenomenal. Well, good. But, yeah, so then I guess, you know, I've got tons of questions, but, you know, for the sake of time, um, no, of of here's where the, I guess some of the fun ones come in. But aside from music, what are some of the other things that you've promoted or tried to help people get started in the industry? Um, and this is, again, I, I've whittled away a lot because I've 
learned that I can't do it all, even if I wanted to. <laughs> um, you know, my I think my dream would be to luckily be super wealthy so that I didn't, you know, uh, I could just hire people and have a huge team to have different areas in different departments that could just continually educate and help artists in so many facets. But I mean, what we have talked about is really what we do. And when I'm not doing that, I'm spending time with my kids. And, um, you know, that's, uh, it's really what matters is, uh, the ability to kind of hone the focus and, and to, uh, be better at, um, you know, what that focus is and to continue to grow and learn and then um, to spend my the rest of my time trying to be healthier and take care of myself and be a, a good dad. And I find that, uh, you know, spending that time with my kids and watching them listen to records and watch daddy play, you know, more of his instruments now than I ever have. And um, they really, not to be tacky or cliche, I guess, but they, you know, they really push me to get, you know, get out of bed every day and um, work hard at this and try to get as, as as uh as good as I can at it, um, you know, because I want them to be proud and I want them to see what I do and that, you know, if you uh, really set your set your goals and you really focus on it and you really try to get as good as you can, that you know they can do whatever they want. And I want them to know that Dad never gave up and even when he probably should have. I just keep fighting at it and <laughs> trying to trying to uh, do uh, do the best I can. So well, you know that. That's what I do, man. That's, that's literally my, my day-to-day. So. Well, good for you. You clearly have your priorities in the right place, so that's awesome. Um, I'm trying. But, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a struggle, but I, I, you know, it's the beauty of being a parent, though. I mean, you have your days, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So. Agreed. I agree. Um, if there is one artist that you would love to work with or would have loved to have worked with, who would that yeah. one artist would have been? Um, I'm a, I really have a huge amount of respect for, um, David Gray. I've watched a lot of his career. I've seen him multiple times and I'm not really sure what it is about his music that feeds my soul <laughs> at the time <laughs> that I need it. But, um, there's just something about, um, his albums and it always kind of come at a time that I think was important for me. So I think there's that, that deeper connection that's just, for whatever reason, um, no matter what you believe in, I guess it's just, it's always been at the right time or what I needed it the most. And, uh, we actually just released a single the other day and it was perfect. So it was for me personally, but, um, I think it would have been neat, um, to work with somebody like that and to watch his songwriting process and, um, what he does with each album and the tours that he's been on. And, you know, I definitely somebody I kind of, I follow from afar, but I've always had, a um, uh, just a, a large amount of respect for his career and um, I think that would have been a really neat experience and journey to be a part of that's very cool um, who are some of the artists you're working with now uh, I am very fortunate to be working with the Hawkeyes out of Pittsburgh um, they're a really good uh, rock and roll band and they've been with us for quite some time now um, so it's been an amazing experience we had a huge summer with them and um, they're working on finishing up the new album and we're already in the planning stages um, have been for 2019 which should be a lot of fun too um, and then uh, we've been uh, working with um, a couple of up and coming uh, younger artists which is exciting uh, Jake, uh, Jake Schlegel uh, who's local um, he's got a great EP out right now and he's working on some new music he'll uh, be doing some tour with us in 2019 
Um, you know, we've been lucky enough to um, work with bands like Ponce out of Nashville um, when it comes to actually like short runs and stuff like that. Um, we've been lucky enough to work with touring artists that just, you know, uh, want to do a show swap or do a show here and there and um, maybe not even, you know, long tours, but just uh, artists from other cities that um, heard good things and wanted, wanted to connect and build the relationship. Um, we also uh, been working with um, artists like Cole Woodruff and um, Emily Maroney, who's working on some new music. And she just uh, put out one, a couple EPs that are uh, actually stuff that she produced herself. And she's now looking to work into the studio. And so it's, um, we have a really neat crop of musicians uh, from everything from kind of pop. Uh, we've got some folk artists we're working with right now, like Joel Weir, um, who, um, is working on uh, doing some really cool coffee shop runs and stuff uh, around the Midwest. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we're not, I really don't want to pigeonhole into a certain just genre of music. I just want to work with passionate artists and, you know, good music is good music to me. So. Absolutely. It, how, as a person that's, that's promoted music now, literally all over the world, how does Indianapolis's scene rank right now for live music? Okay. Um, I don't know how to answer that question, to be honest with you, not to, <laughs> not to derail it by any means. Um, I, uh, I have a lot of respect for the Annapolis music scene, I, I, the venues and what they do and the passion these artists have. And I, you know, um, a lot of my friends are musicians in this city and it's awesome to have the opportunity to work with them when I can and to go see the shows when I have the availability. Uh, you know, I got to go to Melody any other night and see, uh, Volk, who we did a short run with out of Nashville, but we got to see them play with, uh, you know, local acts like Among the Compromise and, um, uh, on that bill. Oh, uh, Giant a Giant, um, Henry French's new project, which is a lot of fun and exciting to see. So, um, I've enjoyed watching, you know, a lot of it, uh, from afar. Um, I miss being in it a little more like I used to be, but, you know, duty calls and <laughs> I've got to, I got to do what I got to do, but, uh, what is I Indianapolis? That, I think, I think Minneapolis music scene is rich with talent, songwriters, performers, um, passionate ideas, uh, producers, engineers. And I think that it doesn't personally, I don't feel that it gets a lot of the credit that it deserves. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, it's definitely a place that I love. So, so that's the one part that it really needs then is more, um, not necessarily promotion, from the city itself, but uh, just more people that are out supporting local talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it'd be nice. <laughs> it'd be <laughs> nice if more people knew what was going on in the city and, you know, and what our city brings to other cities, to be honest. I mean, we see a lot of local artists, not because of me, but just because of whatever opportunities they have for themselves or have um, garnered over the time. But, you know, Indianapolis goes into a lot of other communities and, you know, pours their hearts out and does their thing. And then they come back and they bring sometimes artists from those communities back to our city. And that's what, you, you know, that's what you want. You want that, that, uh, that, that bigger, you know, sister city back and forth sharing and supporting one another. If that continues to grow, you'll see a lot of really cool things happening in the Midwest. Uh, which includes Indianapolis, and that's exciting. So, you know, hopefully that's uh, hopefully that that future is bright, and, and we're just in the beginning stages of seeing more and more of that. If there's a uh, a young artist that's listening to this podcast, a DIY as you call it, 
if there's one or two things that you could tell them with even without necessarily working with someone like you, but just they're just trying to get their feet into the water. What are one yeah. or two things that they should be doing to really help advance the ball for themselves? Um, I think that uh, having goals, like we've talked about, is one of the best things you can do. And not goals that are so lofty that, you know, it's something that might take two years. Things that you can do in three to six months. Things that you can chip away at. Um, cause that, I think that's what a lot of us as human beings, especially creatives, um, we can be impatient <laughs> and we want, you know, results and we get excited about things. And, um, so having short term goals, I think that's really helpful. Um, you know, setting your standards and seeing you achieve those goals continues to hopefully feed, um, feed that passion and, uh, keep you focused. You know, that sometimes is the hardest thing for us is keeping a focus because we want to do so much. We have, you know, the right ideas we have the we have the heart we have the the um the the, the drive but you know if we do too much <laughs> we tend to tend to unfortunately veer off the path a little bit and it's hard to sometimes get back on so i think setting short-term goals is absolutely key um however that works for them um i think working with a community you know getting out there and meeting artists at open mics and shows and taking chances um but i do think that it takes a team i think it takes a, a a group of friends and I think it takes the understanding and talking with other artists and their experiences and finding what will work for you um, is really, really important. And, you know, again, that takes time, but that could be a goal, you know, and, and uh, challenging yourself to get out there and, and network and socialize a little bit more. And then, uh, you know, staying true to why you do it in the first place, not writing music for others or writing music for yourself and whatever that brand is, you know, whether it's your face on the front cover of everything or just a, artistic image of something because you don't want to be you know front and center on it all but you want the music to be heard but you know figuring out what that is and sticking to it um you know i think that's that's really important one of the questions that we've been asking a lot of our guests that are musicians that's gotten to be kind of a fun one for us which is digital versus vinyl where do you stand on that oh I love music, so I'm not going to lie, having the ability to listen to as much as possible all the time is nice, but I definitely enjoy the vinyl more. <laughs> and, uh, and what is it about the vinyl? Um, I think some of it's experience and just I think there's an intimacy to it. Um, and I think as I continue to get older each year, I, I realize that uh, it's the little things and you know being able to put a record on and sit and have a cup of coffee and maybe just stare out the window and just really listen to the to the music like I used to when I was younger you know read the the liner notes and <laughs> actually you know look into the artists themselves and their history and who's all playing on the album and stuff that I got away from for a long time and I uh, I shouldn't have I'm, I'm glad that I've gotten more back into it but vinyl brings back more of a nostalgia for me too um, but it's something that uh, is just kind of, it's like meditation almost, like just putting that on and just like, just feels good, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> um, so I don't know, for me, it's just, I think it's a personal thing. Uh, but there's, uh, there's probably nothing like vinyl, um, you know, uh, that we're, we're going to experience again. So I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy playing them for my kids. Like uh, my middle child, he really enjoys when we play vinyl and he has the same two vinyl albums that he wants to listen to all the time, which is fine. But um, What are the know, two albums? 
Uh, Daniel Ellsworth from the Great Lakes out of uh, Nashville. <laughs> he loves to dance to their music. Uh, the great, great guy is great band. I was introduced to them by Spencer Hooks years ago and got to work with them and got to work with them at Mile of Music. And um, so he really loves that. And uh, then funny enough, um, he's kind of a rocker. Um, so he really likes his brother or brother. Um, you know, he likes to jump around on the couch when uh, we play in some uh, B.O.B. So, uh, but you know, that's his thing and that's what he likes. And hopefully one day we'll listen to some other vinyls. That'd be nice. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So no, yeah, for me, it's, yeah. it's super cool. Wow. Um, so one last yeah. thing, um, you were mentioning the fundraising event at the beginning of this. Yeah. Um, Tonic Ball is, uh, November 16th. It is sold out. And from what I understand, but I guess there has been a release of a few more tickets, uh, from sponsors. What are some of the other, other ways that people can support this event? Um, yeah, they can go on to uh, tonicindy.com. They can make donations to second helpings and go to second helpings website and donate donations. Um, I believe that sponsors who had released some extra tickets um, that came with their sponsor package, which is amazing for general public. I do believe there's some still available to buy. You'd have to call second helpings to um, clarify that. I'm not sure if there's still any, but there were for a little bit. Um, yeah, it's November 16th in Fountain Square. Um, and uh, it'll include uh, venues such as the Hi-Fi, Pioneer, uh, Fountain Square Theater, Radio Radio, and the White Rabbit Cabaret. Uh, each venue has its own artist. Uh, for example, Hi-Fi will be Elton John stage this year. And uh, bands uh, get up, they play two to three songs and rotate off. And all of it is uh, donated time. All the artists are playing for free. All the proceeds go to um, uh, raising funds for second helpings and in time for the holidays. But again, always hopeful that we raise enough money that it'll continue through the year because, uh, um, you know, people are need food all year round, not just during the holidays. So. So how does the event work? Do you play at one particular location, then move to another location? Uh, every band, every stage has like a set of bands. There are artists within each band that play with different bands, for sure. Like we have some artists that yearly play like with six or seven different bands, and they just sprint from stage to stage. Um, but when you, as as far as patrons, you can, you know, if you have your ticket, you know, wrist band, you can get into any of the venues and jump around all night long to see as many different shows as you want or follow some of your favorite artists. It's just an amazing community event that's been going on for many years and all for the right reasons. And um, it's just it's very nice to be a part of it. It's one of my favorite events of the year. So so in reality, it sounds like the most kick-ass bar crawl ever. <laughs> I, uh, I, I do not disagree. <laughs> <laughs> you basically get to go to a bunch of different places, listen to all kinds yeah. of music, and it all supports and, feeding the hungry. Yeah. And it, you know, you get to hang out with uh, one of the best uh, music scenes uh, in the Midwest, which is Indianapolis music scene. So. That's very cool. Um, one last thing, you know, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in working with you in the future or just seeing who you're promoting? Yeah. Um, it's real easy. Uh, Sparkjoy Music on social media, and then our website is sparkjoymusic.com. Um, so it's uh, not too hard. And then our uh, main email is info at sparkjoymusic.com. Uh, which goes to me and the interns. So one of us will respond in a timely manner. And, um, you know, we always start with at least a phone call or a cup of coffee and, <laughs> you know, get to know each other and uh, see where it goes from there. 
So. Well, I greatly appreciate being on the show. We, like I said at the beginning of the show, we we've worked together a couple times now. Both uh, we did the hired gun episode, which you had some of your musicians on, that was fantastic, and then your organization and some of the bands that you work with supported us at the Pumpkin Bash, and they did a great job. So it's been an absolute yeah. pleasure, and we hope to continue to keep working with you moving forward. Maybe we can help in 2019 with some of your other projects as well. No, that'd be great. I really appreciate your time. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. No, it's a good time. So thanks again, Ben, and we will talk to you soon. All right. All right. Thank you.